When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 81. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Kaplan, Michael Kaplan. On the podcast today, we have stand-up comedian Steve Simone joining us. Steve is a fantastic comic from Los Angeles, California, originally from Philadelphia. He's toured with me all over Asia, all over China. He's toured the world, done USO stuff. He's been to Canada for Just for Last. We're going to talk about all of it. But before all that... And he's an Eagles fan, most importantly, of all that. He's a Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles fan. fan. That's the- Not just the Eagles, like the animal. Or and the Eagles, the band. Or he the likes band. all Eagles. The all bald forms, eagle, the, All forms the of Eagles. All kind of Eagle. Whatever else you got. Before all that... Yeah. Blue shirt. Yeah, what about him? The man. Is he, he's promising things, right? It's You know what? The, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away with blue shirt. The Lord, he, he, he solved our case for us. Did he? He did, which is great, but since he solved it, he's become a real pain in the ass. <laughs> he's gloating. He has victory. You would have think he just won the Super Bowl. Right. Well, he's had ticker tape parades. You through. would think he just won the uh, when the Supreme Court like made gay marriage legal. Like, oh, yeah. Brown versus Board of Education. Yes. The great moments in legal history. Plessy versus Ferguson. <laughs> yes. All of those wrapped into one. That's what he thinks. Bush just Gore. Because he got <laughs> these uh, uh, fake Lost in America people to cease and desist. Yeah, they took their podcast down, right? I, I mean, a lot, of, but but it's still up there. You can still see it says "Lost in America," but it doesn't play. Exactly. As far as we know, yes, that's the that's, that's the, the technicality com- we're working on right now. Yeah. But anyway, we have Blue Shirt on the line because he wants to gloat. Uh, you know, they said it couldn't be done, and you did it. Uh, you're here to declare victory, mission accomplished, as they uh, say. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a victory mile, not just a victory lap. <laughs> not even one lap. Yeah, what'd you do? How'd you How get this done? You got so you, as we just said, you got them to take down the the other the fake the losers in America. Their podcast is done. It's over. It's off iTunes. It's off of iTunes. How'd you do it? They tapped out. Remember, boys, mercy's for the weak. Strike first, <laughs> strike hard. <laughs> Blue tells himself every day in the mirror before he goes to work. Our, our lawyer is also an MMA instructor, apparently. <laughs> Well, I, I did some due diligence and was able to obtain uh, the the uh, founder of the other podcast's phone number, uh, Terry <laughs> O'Neill. 
What does due diligence mean? They have phone books? Uh, I, I, I have my sources. Okay, should we leave it at that without uh, potential for criminal charges being brought against wow. myself or anybody Check else? the bottom of you, the three you, rivers. You were digging around in the dumpsters, I think, outside <laughs> their apartment. They did leave their address on the internet for you know, do- <laughs> donations. It's, so. right on, it's right on their <laughs> it's iTunes page. So. Correct. Well, it's not actually their address. It's They had a uh, P.O. box. Oh. So, oh. But you- let, let me just say, the security at the UPS location in uh, the area of Pennsylvania they use, not the best. Oh, no. So we, so we shouldn't keep anything important at the, at the po- with the post offices. Uh, don't give the post office any information that you don't want other people to know about is what you're saying. Co- correct. Right. Absolutely. We'll leave it at that. Uh, so we... Blue, we have this letter from them um, waving the white flag, as they say. Should we? Do you want us to read part of this or what? Sure. Well, first, I got in contact with him, and I, I memorialized my conversation with him where he tapped out. Um, and, uh, you know, he said he was going to investigate and take, you know, take down off uh, the platforms and basically do everything I asked him to. And then I figured I'd probably never hear from him again. Uh, and then a couple of days later, we received the uh, the email that I forwarded to you guys from him. Can I before we well, get to I, that? Can I quickly ask what was his re- initial reaction when you called him up with this with this complaint? Did he was he was he stunned? Was he what was his? Uh... Did he spill his Pringles all over <laughs> his uh, chest? Uh, he was scared shitless. <laughs> oh, we didn't want to do that. But you know, yes, no, we did. I yes, know. We did. I, actually, yeah. I felt so bad. He was really, really a nice guy. Very, very <laughs> nice guy. You should have him on the pod sometime. I kind of wish he was a jerk. That would be a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, we were ready to like. We were talking about we were going to start interviewing homeless people in New York because we assume we have better homeless people here than they have in Pittsburgh, and we were just going to steal this whole bit and everything, take them well, down. Here's, but here's my question: We got to do this quickly because we got to move on. But did 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 we get punitive damages out of this? Because I feel uh, personally violated. <laughs> No, but you did ruin uh, the ability of the public to become aware of uh, the plight of the homeless in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's victory that's enough. One, it's, let's, we'll, we'll tap ourselves in the back for that one. Andrew, here it is. Here's a- the letter. Oh, I won't say your name, Blue Shirt. I'm what? sorry. <laughs> I think I – okay, it's to Blue Shirt Esquire. I think I have the podcast unpublished on all search servers. Hopefully it takes down – it takes immediately, but please let me know if any site where – if there's any site where it continues to pop up. Uh, once again, I sincerely apologize for any confusion amongst your clients and your fans. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Notice he referenced my fans, not your fans, <laughs> but my fans. He also says that if they look at a new name similar to Lost in America, they'll run it by us. So should we, you know? Oh, that's a good idea. We could do we like could give um, them some name ideas, an American Idol type thing, but for their new name. If if he comes on, we'll do it. If they want to come, yeah. On. If he wants to, we're offering him a little. Uh, was it an olive branch? Is that the? I think an olive branch. All right, we'll offer the olive branch. We're good at names. So blue. Yeah, yeah. You should open up. You should open it up to your uh, your uh, listeners. See if they have. A, see if they can come up with a better name for the uh, homeless Pittsburgh podcast. <laughs> and I think the homeless Pittsburgh podcast race itself. Homeless in Pittsburgh. Done. Homeless in Pittsburgh. There you go. What's wrong with that? Nice. I own a piece of that now. There you go. <laughs> All right, blue. Thank you. You've proven your metal once again. You've proven your might. You've proven you're the best lawyer in podcasting. Yeah, he's, he's, he's driving, my sources tell me. This is what a real lawyer does. Takes care of business on the road. There you go. I hopefully, hopefully you're holding the phone up. So like drive safely. So qu- question, are you guys going to actually pay me now or no? Uh, checks in the mail. The check is – le- I'm leaving yeah. the money in a P.O. box, yes. and you have to track down the information of where <laughs> that P.O. box is located. 
All right. Once again, the best lawyer money doesn't buy. <laughs> That's him. That'll be some merch. Let's get that merch printed. All right. Thanks, Blue. See you later, Blue. Take care. Victory. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Blue Kaplan. Before we get to Lost in America, yes. Amazon is stay sticking with us. <laughs> They're sticking with Through us. Thick or thin. They haven't. The protesters haven't got them to drop us. What do you mean? Why are they sticking with us? Like they just all the, all listen America. All the commotion going on through these United States right now. Yeah. We have guests on. But not everyone likes our guests. Not everyone, but but Amazon. They're you know what? They're true to their word. No, we're sticking with Amazon. We're sticking with Amazon. They're sticking with us. What you can do if you're gonna shop on Amazon, which I know all of you do, before you do that, go to lostinamericapod.com. Just bookmark lostinamericapod.com. Yeah. Click in the top right hand corner. There's that weird uh, ad. There's a weird advertisement for books or whatever. It's up there. Click on that. It'll take you back to Amazon. Do your regular shopping. A percentage of what you buy comes to support the podcast. Also, I got tour dates coming up. But uh, check them I just out. I want to say one thing about Amazon. You're messing up my tour oh, dates. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. No, no, no. What is it? What do you got? No, I was going to say, you said, I want a small correction. You said, if you're going to shop on Amazon, I'm saying you should shop on Amazon. Oh, They're you're right. They're sticking with us because let me tell you, I was buying Sonic the Hedgehog party supplies for Teddy Kaplan's birthday party coming up. Yes. Amazon, I, I can't find anywhere. Amazon's the only place I found them, and they got reviews of them. If you want to know if the party napkins are four stars or four and a half stars, get them on a, Amazon. That's the place to tell you which ones you're getting. So go on Amazon, buy everything. Support us. No, sorry. Go back to the plugs. Our guest today, <laughs> Steve Simone, has two comedy albums out. On Amazon. Probably on Amazon. We don't know, but probably. <laughs> now, if all my tour dates, go to turnersparks.com. Let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. Kaplan, you're lost in America this week. What's going on? Yeah, it's like every time I think I'm found, I just think, I get realize I'm more and more lost. Thank God, or <laughs> else the pod would be over. Yeah, we had this live podcast. Thank you to everyone who came out or listened. Yes. And, you know, we had did a whole thing where everyone helped me get uh, a, pick out a Ken doll for my daughter, Ruby. You yes, know, Ruby she Kaplan. wants a Ken. Yeah, so... She's I, three years old. She's just turned four. Oh, she's Pay just turned four. Pay attention to the podcast. Listen. Oh, happy birthday. It's time. That's about time when you get a Ken doll. Yeah, so she got a Ken, and the whole thing was that I'm the Ken character. Yes. You know, in, in a, we found one I was believable, um, and I start... So I immediately start pl- trying to play uh, Barbie with her, and it's like the first time we're playing, and she starts going, okay, um, you get the Christmas tree. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, we're playing Christmas, and you're the daddy, so the daddy has to go get the Christmas tree. Yeah. So now this is like totally Gentile back Ruby. <laughs> yes, Gentile. So I was like, we're not playing Christmas. She's Ru- like, Barbie celebrate. I'm like, we don't celebrate Christmas. She goes, Barbie celebrates Christmas. Now, she's right, right? I mean, there's no way that Barbie, there's never been a Jewish Barbie. You're right. I'm pretty sure. Has there not? There's been, they have man bun Barbie. They, they don't have Jewish Barbie. They have every kind of Barbie. They even have one. They have like a Muslim Barbie now, a hijab Barbie. Okay. Which, believe it or not, I, I'm thinking of getting for Ruby because I think it's the only Barbie whose clothes can't come off. It's a hijab <laughs> one. And like, it drives me nuts. All these Barbies are naked everywhere and it's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't stand it. So um, I'm going to get that out. But, but yeah, I don't know. Ken, there's no Jewish guy, I guess. The Ken, they're all Ken's. There's no. So you're asking Chaim. what Ruby Sparks should be doing. Ruby Sparks. <laughs> Ruby Gentile Ruby, Sparks. Right. So I'm going to ask you I, to improve myself here. Like, because then if I, as I mentioned in the live pod, if I fail in the game, 
Yes. I get thrown out. Like, I'm like, it's like she has no tolerance. She's like a, a crazy director on set. And oh. she has no tolerance for actors who can't follow along. So in her brain, she comes up with the scene. She's got the scene. And if you don't play around, she can do it herself. Like, she could play all the parts. Yes. She's letting you play. So if I fail in whatever storyline we're doing, I'm out. It's like, just go. I want to be by myself, she'll say. So I'm trying to bond with her, trying to improve our relationship, you know? Okay. So I need, how do I play Christmas? What do you do? What do you, you go out to, where do you go? You go. Well, you got to cut the tree down. I got to cut the tree myself? Yeah, so you got to go out to the woods. <laughs> okay. You got to go out on a snowy day. All right, snowy day. climb up a mountain, uh-huh. and you find a <laughs> so- tree. And you got to make sure none of the homeowners are around. Okay. Oh, this, is a way. No this sounds owns... like the Jewish way to get a Christmas tree. It sounds cheaper. No one owns one. the land. Okay. Or no, you really what you do is you go to a farm, but it's still on the side of a mountain. Okay. So I'm someone out. farms the whole mountain with, and then you cut it down, and then you bring it back, and then um, usually it's too big, and then you and then Dad complains that it's too big because he knew it wasn't going to fit in the house, but everybody wanted it, and so then it's scraping the roof, and then you got and then you got to hire. Uh, you gotta hire like a contractor to come and fix the roof. Okay. Because so usually it goes through the ceiling. I hire the contractor. Yeah. Gentiles hire contractors. You don't just do it yourself. No. Uh, well, not not in the spark. Not okay. if she's Ruby Sparks. Okay. And then, well, I'm not saying she's not becoming a spark. She's just becoming a gentile. <laughs> no, that's synonymous. <laughs> okay. It's the same thing. And so then you hire a contractor, and then you gotta squabble with him for about six months. Okay. Because he wants it at this price, and yeah, that's not that's not gonna happen. I don't know if Ruby's gonna like this this version of the game. This <laughs> well, sounds very complicated. It's very long, the drawn squabbling. out. <laughs> it's a long, drawn out game. I mean, she'll like the part about the tree being really big and like it not, and like Dad being upset. Yes. I even know she'll. I can see the scene. This, the Chelsea character likes to say "finders keepers." Yeah. This is, how, this is how deep I'm in. I know this. Okay. So that'll be. A, I'll write that line down. Maybe I'll try to ad lib. See well, if she speaking, lets me. Speaking of finders keepers, then you gotta have um, the stockings. Stockings, no, yeah. I can't do that. I can't, I can't go that far. You gotta get stockings. <laughs> gotta get all the kids' names on them: Ruby Sparks, Teddy <sighs> Sparks, Teddy uh, <laughs> Kaplan Sparks, Randy Sparks. Teddy, Teddy's. A, he's. I've got. It got into his head. Oh, he he's w- a Russian Jew. He's right? a Russian Jew. He's told her. He's like Ruby. We don't celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Hanukkah. Han- and they'll be like, Hanukkah's better. Because we have eight nights. They oh. only have one night. Oh, he's really We're Jewish in. people. Yes, we're Hebrew people we're from Russia. We're Hebrew people. Right. Yeah, so the, he's, uh, I don't have to worry about him. He won't play this game. Okay, he doesn't okay. know about simulation. Okay. He's an old Russian Jew. He had to live through pogroms, and, oh and so he's not, he's not assimilating. Okay. But Ruby, I mean, Ruby's even like, you know, at American Girl Store? Yes. The, where they had the dolls? Uh, Natalie well, Sparks, my my niece, is very into American. Well, girls. there's a there's one. I think her name's Mary Ellen doll. I saw it recently when I was there, and they have a doll that's like the most gentile doll. It comes with spam. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with like a ham and a spam and it's like a homemaker. Lion? It's like a 1950s homemaker doll. Or something. You know, R- Ruby got got her Rebecca <laughs> Rubin, which is the Jewish doll. She comes with the Rubin Sando. It comes with a storyline about her life in the shtetl. Like her, <laughs> it's unbelievable, stereotypical Jewish and. But Ruby was trying to incorporate her. She's like, Rebecca Rubin wants to celebrate Christmas, wants to play Christmas. She's moving. moving. I'm like, no, I'll let you. I'll allow Barbie to play Christmas. You're right. (laughs) But I'm not allowing Rebecca Rubin to play Christmas. No, there's an answer for this. What about Jews for Jesus? Don't those exist? Okay, if she becomes a Jews for Jesus doll. (laughs) Are they the worst? They are. Are they worse than Gentiles? Oh, much worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've gone off. And my uh, my more hot-headed, youthful days, I remember being in L.A. and uh, Jews for Jesus approached me. And it was, and I just like went off. I was like, "You should be ashamed." Yeah, yeah. you should be ashamed. I, I was like, I, I, oh, okay. One thing I want—it's changed the subject a little bit, but on the topic of being Jewish, I was—it's that time of year where they asked me in the street the other day if I was Jewish. They, that time of year? Did you? It happens every time of year. This time of year, when uh, Jewish people stop me on the street and they go, "Excuse me, are you Jewish?" 
And I always want to say yes because I, I want to feel like— You want like, the material. No, no, no. I, I, I want to feel like I'm part of a community. Oh, okay. As a Gentile in America, you're not part of a community. I thought you wanted to say, like, as a stand-up comic, I want them— because I think I look Jewish. It might be helpful. People, people No, <laughs> there's this inclination I have inside me, and I took a mental note for the pod, uh, to say— It felt good for right. them to think I might be Jewish because right. I felt like I might become part of some— uh, some group, some group in America, you know? As, as a Gentile, you're just floating in the breeze. Right. As a white male Gentile. Right, that's why people like to identify with no all these different— No one's on your side. That's the whole DNA test and everything you want to exactly. be— Exactly, you want to be something else. And the alt-right all... has clearly failed right now, even with Trump in the White House, if Gentiles on the street are hoping they are like want to be identified as Jews. Yeah, no one wants <laughs> to be identified with the alt-right. That's no. not— that, Alt-males as close as they can get but, you know, as some group. But you should have said yes, because I'm curious, because at the time of year I think they usually ask is in the fall— because there's a, with the holiday Sukkot's coming up, and there's this thing you shake, and it's prayer you say. So I don't even know what they're what they're oh, asking really? you. Oh, really? No, they were standing. This might have been some bootleg a, club, but they were trying maybe, to scam you. Maybe <laughs> they were standing outside of a subway, and they were sussing people out to see if they looked Jewish. And was I was like, the only one in the whole group who they went after, so I was oh, excited. Was it Friday night, or was it? I'm trying to. Uh, maybe Friday afternoon. It's an afternoon. I'm such a bad Jew. I can't even figure out why they're asking <laughs> you because I know. Uh, yeah, it's a good. Uh, that's uh, someone help us out. Ents us in. Exactly. You, any Jewish Jewish. And Ents is an app. It is. Look at that segue. You can get it in the App Store. You can get it wherever you find apps. You can get it in Google Play, probably. I'm not sure. You yeah. can get it anywhere. E N. How do we spell it, Kaplan? E N S E. That's how you spell it. And Ents. you go on Ents, and right now uh, the comedian Rod Woods is uh, a Roy, oh, sorry. <laughs> Roy Woods. Go, going comedian is a Roy Woods Jr. right now is uh, answering questions. Ask a black man feature. Yeah. Hashtag. Black. Ask a black. Yeah. Ask a black. And we are gonna. I think we're gonna start an I Ask a White section with you. Ask an alt middle. Ask an alt middle. Let's go with ask an alt middle. Start with that. Ask an alt middle. Ask a white uh, <laughs> could right. work, but I feel like ask an alt middle <laughs> sounds a little more the spot the uh, takes the edge off. As as, as Ence is trying to build itself as an app, they might not want to advertise to investors with an ask a white section. Exactly. That's what you're trying to say. So get Ence, E N S C. Uh, up to five minute audio recordings, but also just it's a social media app. Find your friends on there. You can uh, speak with them directly without having to text because no one likes texting anymore. That's out. That's texting, texting is so 2015. What are we, 2015? <laughs> Let's get to our guest, Steve Simone. <laughs> We're back with our guest, Steve Simone. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks are we for recording doing... now. We are. We we're mid-conversation. We, we, we roll, and then we just press record, and bam. Exactly, yeah. Just let it all figure it out. No, but uh, we were talking about the Alt-Middle, which is this podcast, the official platform. Of... I think that's great. I think that if we changed the name of this podcast to the Alt-Middle, we would be famous overnight. I Honestly, I think you should. And we just became We a should political... trademark that before, those yeah, other, actually, we before the be... other Lost in America people honestly, do that. Honestly, I really think because... <laughs> There's just lacking common sense in our country's political discourse right now. There's just no common sense. Yeah, you're right. It's people on and the, no common ground. The super so left. Uh, like I was saying, I went to this thing, this uh, um, uh, uh, Scarface thing last night. Tribeca Film Festival yeah, is going Cap, on right now Cap in New York tickets. City. Cap got me tickets to it, and the, they you watch Scarface for two, three hours, whatever it is, and then afterwards, this moderator comes on. His first question is. Uh, uh, as the father of a daughter, I'm very concerned about women's issues. This is this big, huge uh, white guy. He's like, so, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, how much did you weigh <laughs> oh uh, when you um, filmed this movie? And the whole crowd just started booing him. Good. And, like, he thought he was, like, going to be the hero 
He uh, thought he was pandering. Uh, yeah, I know what everybody is, is thinking ra- there. Is he raising his daughter to look up to a drug lord's wife as, for, as, like, exactly. as, as her, her role model for he women? He didn't have like, a problem that she was coked up the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he she's so polluted. <laughs> she can't even have kids. <laughs> I mean... Those all those those nine hundred people booing him—they are alt middle. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of in the alt middle right now. Yeah, I really do. I know I am. And also, people still have a sense of humor. You can't have a sense of humor on either side either anymore. Oh my god! You know, I'm too re- far left, too far right, and they're like, "Well, you can't say that, can't say that." So, so but, Steve, I met you a few years ago when you came to China and did our tour. Thank you. Once that was a once in a lifetime experience. Kung Fu Comedy Tour. Oh, what was amazing. So I, I heard you on Ari Shafir's podcast. That's mm-hmm. how I first heard of you. And you, your album had just come out, and you were playing it on his podcast, and you guys were, like, reviewing it. Yes. Which was a genius move. Yeah, because Ari wanted to do that, like, with albums that were already on the market. But that's how I debuted my album. Yeah, were you worried? Because, like, I would feel like some people would be like, oh, well, if someone, everyone just hears it on this, they're not going to buy it. But obviously, that's not the way it works out, right? No. Like, it... Went to, I think, number two on iTunes. Really? Regardless. But the whole point of, for me releasing the album was just to generate a little awareness. Well, it worked for me. I heard yeah. of you, and then you're, you came to China. It. Yeah. And you're aware. So it worked. Yeah. So it was worth it with that. That's it. Like, but what I didn't realize, I, I, maybe I didn't hear it or something. I didn't, I don't know. When you came, when you landed in China, and then the first night you did this 30-minute, you did like an hour or whatever, your first 30 minutes was one story about going to a Chinese restaurant. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I was so excited to be in China. And I was like... I'm like, this the, is the motherland. We booked the perfect, yeah, for a perfect comedian, <laughs> the number one comedian of all time. Perfect for a China tour. But what was amazing is that it was it was like an American Chinese restaurant, and mm-hmm. I think we took you to a real Chinese restaurant. I'm like, what is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> So you're the authority because we don't have we have this is what we have on the podcast comedians and journalists. Oh, cool. We don't have restaurateurs, chefs. Go somewhere else if you want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. You don't do that on the Lost America podcast. So then, therefore, you are our podcast authority on Chinese restaurants. There you go. I would say it's, you know it's an honor. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? What do you what do you, uh, when you were out there? How would you compare it to what you were having here? It's a totally food? different thing. I actually I had. Uh, I heard on NPR a couple of years ago that Chinese foods, it varies from region to region. Yes, in China. In China and every, in every market. Oh, really? Like, because um, my favorite, I don't have a very uh, sophisticated palate. You know what I mean? I grew up in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Should we record that? Because you're our expert on China. <laughs> no, no, no. I have, like, for me, comfort food. Like, Chinese, Amer- American style Chinese is my favorite. And more specifically, East Coast American style Chinese. Okay. So the Chinese food that you can get in like Philly, Jersey, New York is different from like the Chinese food that you would get in South Carolina or Los Angeles. How- or every region has its own spin on it, which is fascinating. To How me. so? Different dishes, different ways of taste. Like in Philly, you can pork fried rice is everywhere. Um, big fat crispy egg rolls everywhere. Like in LA. There's one restaurant I go to named Genghis Cohen. And <laughs> I just there. did the fat guy saw, <laughs> saliva thing like where oh, I take. Oh, and like a, the Jewish guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. It's the only place that makes legit egg rolls and. I was going to say, it's Angeles. like, I feel like it's like Jewish Chinese food. What you're describing to me is the Northeast Chinese food. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chinese the, food of Christmas Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Sunday night dinners. Like, yeah, my the neighborhood I grew up in was like Jewish and Italian, essentially. There was like some 
what I would call normal whites mixed in there. <laughs> but, yeah, but it was some pretty much Sparkses, some Tyler Sparks, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Turner. But it was like, yeah, Chinese food was a thi- like a thing, like spare ribs. Um, like I said, the big fat crispy egg rolls. You can't even find this the in New York City. The duck sauce and the- yeah, yeah, the duck sauce mixed in with a little hot mustard yeah. to get the right concoction on that egg roll. Yeah. Gen- General's chicken. And then what's in LA? It's just healthier, uh, maybe. Yeah, it's probably closer to, to authentic. Is it a little bit, or am I getting that? Well, there are regions of suburban Los Angeles, like the, in the San Gabriel Valley, that are legit Chinese Chinese food with like all these different dumplings and sampling menus and stuff like that. Because there is a huge Chinese population there that does yeah. authentic style Chinese food. I guess the other thing is, if you think about it, like China's the size of United States land wise, mm-hmm. and so people are spread out everywhere. I mean, tip more people are on the east, but still there's people spread out everywhere. So depending upon, and certain communities in China will settle in certain parts of America. Correct. So they'll just bring their regional thing Absolutely. to wherever that is. Yes, and then it gets influenced by the, the local Yeah, by, by the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what, I love regional treats, I call it. And like, like I like when there's certain products that are only, only available in certain regions. And then certain styles of Chinese food, like... I get to travel to Canada quite often now, which is a blessing. The people there are so nice. But in Alberta, specifically Calgary, there's a dish they make there called ginger beef, which is phenomenal. Like I literally I, – I, I get off the plane and they take me to go get ginger beef whenever I, I do that room. Is it known to- as an Alberta – Chinese community specialty, or is there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like you go, and it's so funny because people don't people that don't travel often think what they have is the only thing. And yeah. I'm like, no, they don't have ginger beef in LA. And the audience is like, what? You don't have ginger beef? I'm <laughs> oh, like, really? No. <laughs> They're like, how do you live? I'm like, ah, it's a struggle. I'm live? trying to think of what that is because my uh, yeah, my wife cooks Chinese food all the time, and she cooks Lucky she uses ducky. ginger a lot in yeah. a ton of the stuff. So maybe there's some overlap. Well, the Does ginger she may beef, have beef. Yeah. Does she know how to put ginger beef together? Probably, but I don't know if she calls it. There's still it still could be any dish. Right, right. Yeah, that's the other thing too. The different names for things and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, she needs a general for her dish. Middle. Yeah, like you can't find General's Chicken in Los Angeles. A few places have it on the menu, but it's not the same. Hmm. They can't get that sweet and spicy mix with the deep fried, crunchy deliciousness. <laughs> so good. We have to get Chinese food after this. How did you get into Canada? Like, how did you start going to Canada for comedy? Because uh, you, you're, as you were saying, you do that a lot, right? Now I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first time ever, Steve Byrne, who I've done some USO tours with, let me open up for him in Calgary, and with the power of podcasts, is amazing, because that market Ari had been there, and so he sort of built it up so people that listen to Ari's podcast. Joey Diaz is it all I guess the tree really starts with Joe Rogan. Yeah. And it's like I've never been on Joe's podcast, but a lot of my my good friends are his good friends. So it's kind of like it reflects down trickles down the line. So if Ari and Joe or Joey Diaz aren't going to Calgary, there was I was opening up for Burn, but there was quite a few people there that because of podcasts came to see me. Wow. So then the club was like, "Oh, you're really f-, and I work clean." Yeah, and it's family friendly style comedy, so they're like, "Oh yeah, you're a no brainer. We want to book you back." So I started there. Um, it was my podcast that brought me to Canada the first time ever, because uh, my buddy Derek in Toronto brought me up there, and I did like a little alt room called the Comedy Bar. It's a cool room, and then um, 
I did Montreal Just for Laughs this year. Oh yeah. And then they put me on the Just Just for Laughs tour. So it's it's a great match. Like and then they filmed my set from Montreal for uh broad for like their the CBC, their big TV station up there. So it's like it's just a good fit. It's it, it's like I think my act probably would appeal more to like suburbanites and middle America and that sort of thing and that's a lot of Canada. I think it would ap- appeal to anyone. I mean, I've seen it a, a bunch and you're talking about like growing your family, growing up yeah. with brothers. You're talking about stuff that everyone has no matter how hip and cool you are. Well, that was the coolest thing right? about the trip to China. Yeah. Like there were like two that first tour, there was a show where it was primarily like 95% Chinese. Yeah. Like the Saturday early show. And none of them have brothers, so how do they <laughs> Okay, I'll get to that. Hold on a second. Like <laughs> Like that was amazing to me how how much it resonated and how the pop like it made me realize how American pop culture ripples throughout the world. And I think the laugh I was getting off of references was even stronger in China than here because I think people kind of felt cool for getting it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I've seen Weird Science. I know John Hughes, even though we're in Shanghai. Yeah. So I think that worked for me. They know Hulkamania. They're like, Hulkamania! Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Absolutely crazy. But the best compliment I ever got was on my last tour to China. And the first stop was in Chengdu. Is that right? Yeah, Chengdu. Yeah, Yeah. where the... um, The bookworm. Yes. Yeah. So after the show, a gentleman came came up to me and he thanked me for performing. People are so polite in China. Thanked me for performing and he said, my wife would like speak with you her english isn't great but she wants she wants to tell you something and i was like you know the cool thing about doing your tours i also feel like i'm an ambassador for my country too in a lot of ways yeah. i'm like put as much love out into the world as you can and this was the best compliment ever so um the woman came up to me and said how they had a son and after watching my act they made up their mind that night during my show that they were going to give their little boy a little brother or sister. Wow. They, yeah. They were like, they, after seeing the, the woman, like in broken English, was like, we want to give our son the gift of a sibling. Jeez. Was this after they loosened up the one child? Yeah. I assume. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Know, they had just opened it up. That'd yeah. be even more of a compliment if they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. break the law. <laughs> All because of me. Yeah, that's amazing. You know what's crazy about that is, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, probably have, but they, they thought... All the studies in Chinese government, everyone was prepared that the minute they opened it up, they'd get this huge explosion of, ch- of kids, and it, it didn't happen huh. because everyone who's like 25 to 35, whatever age of having kids, grew up as an only child, right. and so there's, that's just yeah. normal to them Yes, to only have one, and so they're like, oh, I kind of only want to have one because that's what I'm... You know, you, like, yeah. you have whatever you're used All to. All behaviors learned behavior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants to do more work than their parents, so... Exactly. It's, it's like I was uh, every time I go out to eat with my kids, somebody would come up to me and be like, "We were gonna have a second child, but now we see what you what your kids look like together." Making so much, <laughs> the chaos. We're gonna, I'm gonna work on them tonight. You get the opposite. <laughs> yes, that's a start. <laughs> so it's good to know you're parents inspiring. Parents are superheroes, man. Absolute oh, superheroes. Especially Cap- this guy right here. <laughs> How many turns kids do you have? Phone off during podcasts. Two. <laughs> How old are they? Uh, one's about to be six when this comes, he'll be six in a week and one is just turned four. 
Oh so I'm right in the middle. Gosh, of it. I'm in the, the middle of the shit. Years. Yeah. yeah, and the six year got student of the month last week because we demanded it on our podcast. We did. We, we shamed <laughs> the public school system. That's hysterical. And we think that our army of listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I not to not to quibble, but after our, I might have to release our army again on our teacher because they put they post like the student <laughs> of the month. They post their picture um, when you walk into school and you see all the ones. Yeah. And sh- there's there's two kids in her class got it. And she wrote, like, the exact same thing for both kids. Oh, that's not accepted. Except the other kid got one extra bonus sentence about, ah! like, how he's one of his class's favorites or le- great leaders in the class. And Teddy didn't get that. He oh, can, so I, I feel like he really was just like, we I don't want... only demand student of the month. We demand one more sentence than all we, the other students. We demand an extra sentence to know this month. is the real winner. The other guy we is, is the participation trophy kid. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like Chief Wiggum when he shook down the teacher so Ralphie could <laughs> yeah. get the part in the play. <laughs> Do you remember he's in the parking lot and he just flashes his <laughs> headlight? <laughs> so good. The Chief Wiggum style of parenting. I should add that to my repertoire. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> We're just, we won't stand for it anymore. We're outraged as a community. <laughs> We're snow, I'm a snowflake, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Snowflake parent. Snowflake parent, yeah. Snowflake rage. And then you do USO stuff, too, you were saying? So yeah, you- man. I've traveled through quite a bit of the world. Wow. Uh, where do you, where have you been? Like, have you been, what's the difference between going, I don't know if you've been, but to like somewhere that's just like Germany or Japan where they're just hanging out? Versus like war war zones. Have you done both of the all yeah. that stuff? Mm-hmm, for really? sure. And what's it like? Like, is it younger people in the war areas? That's what they always tell you. They're like, oh, everyone's eighteen. When you perform, like, for I, I worked for many years with an organization called Comics on Duty, which is um, essentially when people think of USO shows, that's what Comics on Duty does. They just USO has many entertainment options. Comics on Duty obviously just specializes in comedic entertainment. So um, the big difference, when you're like performing in Germany or a safe region, not a hot zone, you're just uh, an option for people's entertainment. Does that make sense? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, we were talking to somebody a few weeks ago who used to live on a base in Germany, and she said there was a Dave and Buster's. Yeah, <laughs> so like... like it's amazing how big some of these bases are. So they could do that or come to your show. Yeah, so it's not that big of a deal. golfing or something. But when you're like at a little combat outpost in the mountains of Afghanistan and a helicopter lands to do a show for 20 people, all 20 of those guys are there. Wow. And it means means more. And I mean, as a performer, it means way more to me. Have you done both? Yeah, I've done both. Have you done Germany? Yes. Any of the housewives there, like, come on to you or anything? Because we heard that they're just hanging <laughs> yeah, around, like, like, drinking like we all day. like, essentially, like, in sports bars on base. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Like, Dave Buster's probably. Like, yeah, like, throughout. throughout. And it's it's cool because what you're doing is you're bringing a little bit of America yeah. there. And right. it's awesome. But you get the better feeling of, like, you. I really feel a, like you're providing a service when, when you, you go, go over there yeah. and there's guys. For that hour you're on stage, they forget that they're there and you right. forget that yeah. you're there. Wait, and that's the magical stuff. Yeah. That is honestly like I remember being on stage in Afghanistan, and once I locked in, it takes me a little bit to lock into an audience and connect. But then it felt like the comedy store. So we were able to bring that sort of peace of mind and break from a war to those guys. And I'm, I, I'll, I'll do that for the rest of my life. Right. It's an honor to do it. So I'll do it for Bob Hope style. Yeah. And do you feel uh, is it, is there an element of danger involved with that? Um, like, are you really in the middle of a war zone? Yeah. Yeah. The last time it was, the last time we went to a hot zone, like I did Iraq two years ago with Steve Byrne, 
and we had to take helicopters everywhere. They wouldn't. There was no like um, convoys or anything, but it didn't. Things had really like it's still dangerous, but it wasn't as dangerous as say like you know the big push in '03 or something like that. When I was in Afghanistan, I guess it was six years ago now. Um, the stage that the scariest there was one base we were on that they had to lock it down because one of the Afghanis police officers that was being trained on the base took his gun and killed two Americans on Whoa. the base. Um, and then, excuse me, we were performing at one little fob and they canceled our show for the following day because the three guys that were building our stage were hit with a mortar. So had we been there 24 hours earlier, our schedules had just been different. One of us would have been on stage when it hit. So, Wow. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. And so, but you want to go back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully there will be a point where there won't be any wars. You know? Yeah, we'll see. It's bad for, <laughs> bad for business, but yeah. Bad for, <laughs> you know, it's crazy that this still happens. Yeah. That people, I don't know, man. One thing that Trump will promise is that more comedy USO tours. <laughs> He's going to keep fighting wow. wars all over the world. I, yeah, I don't even know. Like, look, I'm not smart enough to know all the implications of having military all over the world. But I just have so much respect for everybody that does that kind of work. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it, but I, I kind of wish everybody was just here. Yeah, you know, yeah. take war out of it. I definitely think that's. I mean, that's the that's the worst side of humanity, right? That we have to. And I'm grateful. Like I will say, a lot of my friends that weren't exposed to that side of the world haven't seen what I've seen, and I know there's real evil in the world. Like there really is. And I'm just grateful that there's brave men and women that fight that evil. I just wish in a better world where that level right. of evil didn't exist. How long do you go for when you were doing those? Um, I think the oh the longest I ever did was I was gone once for a little over forty days. That was crazy. In a war zone? For 40 no, days? we went. Our first stop was like we went from the UK, and it was like a. Um, Armed Forces Entertainment, co-branded with Navy Entertainment, all the way from, like, Northern Europe, all through the Mediterranean, through Africa, and uh, we did a bunch of ships in the Arabian Sea, Persian Gulf. Wow, you performed on a Navy ship? Yeah, the best Christmas I ever had <laughs> as an adult was, I think it was 2008, so 10 years ago, I performed Christmas Day on the USS Nimitz. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. What's that like? Dude, it was the best. I can imagine. It was the <laughs> absolute greatest. so cool. Are you outside so cool. or inside? Inside. Okay. But, like, the cool thing about when you do shows for the military is that they'll give you full access to everything as, as a form of thank you, them saying thanks to us, which is ridiculous. The whole reason we go over there is just to say thank you. Yeah. You know, that's so the is... only reason I go, to say thank you, and they know you mean it because you travel 12,000 miles to get there. They're like, oh, I guess this guy does mean it. Yeah. And sometimes, like, kids won't even come to the shows. They'll just see a civilian, and they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. We're like, we're comedians. They're like, what? I didn't even know there was a show. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. cool. Um, so what do you get access to? You get to drive the ship Like, Like, on the on the aircraft carriers, I've, I think this was the Eisenhower. 
we a bunch of the fighter pilots were at our show and they loved it. So they brought us down on the deck of the aircraft carrier and we could watch the planes land and stuff like that and take off. It's so loud. You have no idea how loud it is. Yeah. But after the show, when those guys, so, so they give you a tour of everything. Like we were down on the deck before and you get to see all the stuff. But then after they really liked the show, they do this, <laughs> these night landing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this night landing stuff. And like the thing is, those guys get graded on every takeoff and landing they have. That's that's how high the bar of excellence is. Okay. So even if they land it perfect, yeah, and it hooks because like you know how that works where the planes have a hook on it and it comes yes. in and it, it seems impossible. I- impossible. Land a plane on a boat. Yeah, it's insane. Like they have to hook these like metal ropes. Yeah. But they have little observation decks that are actually even below the deck. So you're eye level with the deck. And we were hanging out there at nighttime as the jets were landing. That's awesome. Awesome. Oh, and another one of the coolest places I ever did a show was this place called Abot. Okay. And it's a, like a gas station for the world, which is right off the coast of Iraq. And it's where four super duper tankers can fill up with oil. Okay. And they said when we uh, declared war on our... Iraq back in 03 or whatever, that something like 80%, I'm getting the figures long, a significant portion of Iraq's economy flowed through that one destination. Iraq controls that area? But we were, it was just like a, a mile off the coast. It was technically in Iraq's water. Okay. So, but so much of their economy was content based on oil. Yeah. And this was like one of the super pumps for the whole world. Wow. So we knew we wanted to take that over to shut off their money. Yeah. They said, and it's like an erector set. In and the then you did comedy on, on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we took it over. Yeah. No, they said, this is how yeah. badass Navy SEALs are. Yeah. The Iraqis knew they were coming. And they had their elite guards guarding it. The SEALs took that thing over without even firing a shot. What'd they do? They Jedi snuck up chicken. behind everybody with... <laughs> And had a gun to their head before they even knew oh, they were there. Wow. I thought you were say like those. They're hoses. ninjas with no, guns, had, dude. Yeah. He was They're... doing comedy in front of them. He showed up. He starts <laughs> yeah. telling a story. About two, ch- he starts telling them. a story about Chinese food. They're looking at him and they're like, "Damn, <laughs> sneak up." He just yeah, him with a Hulkamania <laughs> joke. <laughs> what you gonna do, brother? <laughs> I remember. Click. Ah, yeah, they Hulkamania in Iraq. Gotcha. That's a, that's what, the whole point you gonna, of the play. Oh, that would be amazing if you were an undercover spy comedian. Oh God, great movie idea. That is a good movie idea. Yeah. <laughs> Chubby Steve. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, that's, but it's like the world's biggest gas station. Yeah. So that was really cool. But, um, so the military stuff, but I just remembered I got to do, be a part of the Doha Film Festival too once in the Middle East. That was oh. incredible. How, how'd you, were you in a movie that? No. Because the this? guy, this was De Niro was the guest of honor. Yeah, that's his. That used to be our thing. Oh, they're, really? They're not yeah, part this, of it anymore. This was like Tribeca had a partnership. With yeah, them. they yeah. was partners with Tribeca. That's what it was. Like, all uh, the one of these years, I was going to go, and then they stopped doing it. Is that, that where the rug amazing. is from? <laughs> oh, I can't. Can I? No, no, that? the rug's not from there. No, no. Oh, okay. No, okay. I was, I, it was absolutely amazing because the guy Rich that runs Comics on Duty, his like day job, he does the comedy stuff as a passion project and a way for him to give back. But uh, he does logistics for and transportation for big time events. So he was coordinating like all the limos and red carpet drop offs and stuff yeah. for Doha. So I got a job as like a spotter. But it, what was really cool getting back to because 
China, everything tying together, American pop culture. We have so much in common with everybody across the globe. It's fascinating. Like, I don't know why there is war when everybody really is the same. Um, and I remember being at a party at the Doha Film Festival with the other, like, I guess we're kind of like PAs. Was Santa there? Do you mean a guy named Santa? <laughs> I, I don't know. One of our friends. He was He's a big there. listener too. Yeah, a big listener. He was. He was there. That He's he a big was, shot. I'm sure he was there that year. Dude, I remember. He was there. Yeah. He De Niro was the guest of honor. Yeah. He. Well, Santo I mean, it was there. like. Yeah. Santa would probably be his minder. I would, <laughs> it was incredible. Santa would be the guy getting him his drinks because they don't even have like, alcohol in the country or something. Like, how do you? In or like they, Qatar, they did. They do, but it's like, isn't it like? It varies from country right, to right. country. So what happened? So we were at a party, and I remember there was alcohol, but I wasn't really drinking. I get nervous, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to have a couple beers and cause an international incident. Yeah. So You're so funny. I remember your first China tour the same way. You yeah. wouldn't drink. Yeah, and I don't want to do anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nerd. But uh, what the coolest thing was, was uh, there were so many Arabs from that region, but they were like the cool kid Arabs. They were like <laughs> skateboarder Arabs. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Like, Those are, just, like yeah, people yeah. that were like, you do comedy? Do you know so-and-so? I'm like, I do. They're like, what? How do you know? I'm yeah. like, Gabriel Iglesias put me on a show. You're like, like, yeah, it's stuff, crazy. Yeah. Like how it's in, like the hair of my arms is standing up. So it's so beautiful. And I was this one. I knew I was accepted by the cool kids because there was like a group of cool kids there. And they were debating who was the greatest rapper of all time. Because they were having a drunk conversation. And they were like, Steve, you're an American. You can settle this. Who is better, Biggie or Tupac? Uh, being an American is such street cred internationally. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah they don't and, know that you're white. Well, it's <laughs> like I, I live on the street in Brooklyn where uh, the, which Mike D, which one of the Beastie Boys, no, MCA, the guy who died. Wow. He grew up on my street. Wow. And so the park at the end of my street is uh, Adam Yock Park, named after him once he died. Wow. And it's like two blocks down or a block down. And, but all their songs are like, oh, growing up in Brooklyn in the USA. Like, you're like yep. oh, Brooklyn, it's so intense. And then actually when you live on that street, it's like the nicest neighborhood Yeah, in it's all like a Brooklyn. suburb. Yeah. yeah, it's the same as like being an American. And you're like, you must know about hip hop or whatever. And you're like, I'm from, even though I'm from that country, I, you know. Yeah, it's interesting like how everybody has a preconceived image of something yeah, and then yeah you actually yeah. see what it is and you're like oh okay this is... <laughs> yeah. like i was intimidated about coming to new york this week i yeah. just was uh and then i'm like oh this is awesome you're from yeah. the east coast you're from yeah. yeah i'm from philly but i haven't but see that's part of i get nervous whenever i perform in philly because i'm always afraid somebody's going to be like you know you're not allowed to do this and i'm like yeah you're right and oh, i'll just get off it's stage like your past kind of yeah yeah you, yeah they might know you growing up and be like hey that's little steve from around the corner <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> cuz i'm so grateful for the life i have it's, it feels like it's all a dream cuz you kind of like you start yeah. you kind of escaped to la and started comedy right or did you start in philly i'd done a couple i did whatever i could like i even took the train from philly to new york twice to do open mics oh okay you ever but, play Allentown, PA? Oh, we're living here yeah, in Allentown. Songs. That's a great song. I don't it's care. But the factories aren't huge... all closed down. As a... Yeah, I, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Spending the weekends on the Jersey Shore. I would go back to China. Like, one of my dreams, ever since I was a chubby 11-year-old, is, like, I want to get my professional pyrotechnics license. <laughs> and then I also want to import fireworks. Like, I want to, like, really import those. That's going to be that's tough. China seems to be the place to import them from, right? 
Is there a tariff on them now? No. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to check the tariffs. <laughs> no, actually, now would be better than ever. Because here's the thing. Like, uh, when you came, you were like, hey, I really want to light up fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only time we've ever gotten that request. But that time in China, you could. Like, the there was just ones. fireworks stores. Like, there would be a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Right? They're just everywhere. And they're, they're not only around during 4th of July or whatever. Right. They're all year long. All it's year like long. buying a gun in America is buying fireworks in exactly, China. Exactly. Yeah, it's equivalent <laughs> to buying a gun. It's yeah. that easy. The Second Amendment in China is about the <laughs> rights fireworks. of fireworks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad A first is episode, definitely, they set yeah. them up for home defense. Yeah, but, one president along the way tried to take away fireworks. Freedom speech. What's this, instead mess. of freedom of speech, what's the First Amendment? No, it's, uh, well, I will <laughs> tell you that, to, so to continue that, it's... Um, we bought so we bought these fireworks. So you can buy fireworks, not like firecracker, but right. like a like a professional like, grade. That you would see at a rodeo. Yeah, that's what I always tell yeah. people. Like they shoot twenty stories in the air, and so mm. we just bought a shit ton of them. And Steve lit them off in the street after one of our shows. No yeah. one lost a finger. I just feel like if you buy them in China, they're like the. I'm always par- now. That's the yeah. problem with getting older. Yeah, you know, there's consequences to your actions. Well, but- so here's the thing. Right after you left, they outlawed fireworks. In really? most major cities in China, because of pollution reasons, because they're fireworks trying, are causing the pollution. Really, I mean, they're blaming it on fireworks. <laughs> That's they the, outlawed, poli- they outlawed like fireworks and outdoor. They outlawed fireworks and outdoor barbecues. Outdoor barbecues. Yeah, yeah. but they they but, outlawed like, fun. Yeah, That's what it sounds. Where like are you supposed to cook the dog? I mean, where are you supposed to cook <laughs> the shit? <laughs> exactly. But then, of course, all of the uh, all the huge factories like the right. are, are ready. They're, they they can do whatever they want. They can play with fireworks, or they can just light up. <laughs> no, they can continue Smog. producing coal. Right, there's coals allowed. Fireworks, no. Exactly. So, so the golden are... age is over. But on the bright side, it's probably that's probably it's probably the time to import them because they can't sell them to Chinese people anymore. Mm. So you can get them out here. There needs to be a fireworks like NRA, uh, FRA, something. A defense. Something. There's gonna be an advocacy group in China to get fireworks back. I mean, if they would ever have another president again, he could run on a yeah. fireworks thing, but. The alt middle is in. We're pro firework party. <laughs> I can remember because in Pennsylvania it's easy to get them right, but like in New Jersey, I'd be at the shore and it's like they're very much cracked it's down on. It's a state in America. Yeah. Yes. So and there's have, loopholes, and there's all like in Pennsylvania they're still illegal, but the loophole is you uh, can sell them to people with an out-of-state driver's license. Right. That's what oh, it is. Really? So like my uncle yeah. would buy them. You get a fake ID. And then yeah. Or <laughs> what? It, what they do is this. That's a good, yeah, they are, because the signs they'll, at the border. Yeah, they'll put the fireworks near borders. So yes. people in New Jersey and Delaware, even though fireworks are illegal there, the loophole is, as the PA retailer, you don't care. Right. You just can't sell it to somebody with a Pennsylvania It's the license. ultimate thing of saying, like, I don't care what, like, if this causes harm, I just don't want it to cause harm in my community. That's, like, the rule. Like, yeah. It, it can, yes. <laughs> but I feel like that's nationwide. Like, I bet everyone in every state listening to this right now, if they go to their border, there'll be a fireworks spot. Yeah, like, but, but where I grew up, because I guess because it was so close to the city as a kid, it was nearly impossible to get fireworks. So we would order fireworks catalogs from, like, the back of, like, <laughs> Guns and Ammo magazine and stuff <laughs> like that, and send away and get a catalog. And even though it was illegal, we could still get them shipped to our house. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it's not federally illegal. Yeah. It's like a... <laughs> right. Or we would have my dad drive us to Virginia where they were legal. Real fireworks are so much fun. Like the ones in China. I've n- I was like, it just, Turner was kind enough to take me to his spot. It was across from your bar, The Clam. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. lady... I, I wanted, to, like, I thought there would be, like, a store where it was just all fireworks, but it was still kind of, like, a touristy, like, almost souvenir convenience store type place. Yes. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That giant box is, like, oh, 100, 
hundred bucks or something like that. And then I got like a giant string of firecrackers that took twelve minutes to fully go off. Yeah, they went on forever. And then uh, there was the person I thought was the police, but he was like security. Oh, yeah, just like a local guard, just guarding the building or whatever. Guarding the building. And then he brought out a fire extinguisher and totally wanted us to light them off. He was like, no, do it. Because I guess the loud noises scare away evil spirits as part of the folklore or something. Ooh, <laughs> I guess. Brings good luck. Yeah. Causes dogs to pee all over the place. <laughs> so I light the one fuse on the giant display. And they were like legitimate backyard fireworks, like awesome aerial consumer grade fireworks. But then they kept on going higher and louder to like professional level fireworks. And I'm like, oh my God, just be over. I know I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> Car alarms were going off. I'm like, this was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm going to wind up in a Chinese jail. I'm never going to see my family again. Yeah, they don't stop for like five minutes. Yeah, it just kept which on... feels like a really long oh, time. Oh, right. yeah, Start especially running. when you're waiting for like the secret police to show up. Like, <laughs> like, and it was just and part you're sending of them town. your location, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Imagine like a financial district in like a li- mid-level American city uh-huh. that's no one, but no one's there at night. Right, like, right. The way home. a lot of middle cities are in America, like, 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 like the major of, cities. Yeah. yeah, an abandoned kind of downtown. That's Syracuse what it was. That's so it felt like it was just like silence, like right. peaceful silence, and then. Oh, they were so awesome. And the extinguisher doesn't, he just doesn't, he waits till, you don't start extinguishing until it's over, right? So yeah, 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 he, he knew just, the joke. He he's knew just there to, be, yeah. oh, he knew he his knew fireworks. He, 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 he was just there having a good time. Wow. So you got to come to uh, Long Island City next summer. He's going I, tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow night, yeah. Tomorrow night. Where? To do shows. Uh, oh, at the standing. What's standing room. Oh, yeah, nice. But I mean, we have the 4th of July. It's like literally outside of our window. It's like, the, the hub oh, of yeah, like, the, one, the, the NBC the New York Fourth City. Of July. Fourth of cool. July. I went last year. Yeah, it's like right outside. When Ye arrived, when my wife arrived, she arrived like a week before Fourth of July. So first thing we did is once we got like settled, she we went straight to their house and watched Fourth of July. Oh, like, that you look out the window. My kids think I got them like they're so spoiled, like a personalized like fireworks <laughs> yeah. show. That's awesome. My poor dog. It's like the worst. It's like her uh, night of broken glass. It's really not a nice night for her, but oh. it's, it's, she's hiding. The kids must love it, but they love right? it. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, Steve, where um, where can people find you and where are you going? You got any shows coming up or anything? Uh, yeah. I oh, and your podcast. Yeah, my podcast is called Good Times. Um, first weekend in May, I'm at Mystic Lake Casino in Minneapolis. And then the second weekend for Mother's Day, I'm doing the Comedy Works in Denver, but the South Club. Cool. And there's a special 3 p.m. Sunday show for Just Moms. Oh, that's cool. How awesome is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out your best mom jokes. Yeah. Or the other way around. Okay, Positive we're going to mom jokes. Get to the news. <laughs> Play the music. news story of the week comes to us from the New York Post, Kaplan. Yeah, my local paper, my local rag. NYC, NYC new trend. Pop-up goat yoga <laughs> has been canceled by city officials due to health department concerns. Oh, boy. Goat yoga was created in Oregon two years ago as a type of animal therapy. Since then, more than 200 similar offerings have been, have been cropping up all around the country. Okay, 
My initial problem with this is the <laughs> idea that it's a pop-up. I cannot. I hate pop-ups. I hate pop-ups too. Yeah. In general, it's like have a store or don't have a store. They have pop-ups in LA. Just food trucks. Oh, that, that's okay. I'm fine with that because my softy roots. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, these people who like a pop-up designer dress store. Basically, yeah. It's like you don't. You're not. You have you're no committing. Confidence. You don't have confidence like in your brand. A it's like start open a store like everybody else. You know, yeah. rent a space for a year. But they'll do like a two-week pop-up. But is that's a big New York thing? I don't know. It's supposed to be trendy. Yeah. It's probably. I don't know anything about trend. Yeah. Is this? Is, I have a question. I, I don't even understand the, exactly what goat yoga is. Is that? Is it like mommy and me yoga where you go with your kids to yoga, you bring your goat and do yoga with them? I, or is the goat doing yoga? Or is that a kind of yoga based on instead of downward dog, you do like what goats do? <laughs> goat poses? Goat poses. Like, what is it? Yeah, I, don't I, don't, even, I, don't, I have I don't, no idea what it is. Yeah. Downward bah. <laughs> exactly. No, I think it's yoga. I think it's regular yoga, but you can pet a goat, as far as I understand. Wait, you can pet oh, a goat? Oh, God. What is the goat? Is that therapeutic? Yes, like a goat, like a therapy goat. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure that's what is it is. Is this what they do in India or something? Like, is this like original? I don't think it originates anywhere else. But um, <laughs> it's, I mean, clearly it's anti-goat. Like, if they did this with a dog, everyone uh, would be fine with it, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit anti-goat. You're right. Dogs, they could replace dog, call it dog yoga, and you could pet your dog. Everyone would love that. My dog pancakes the, would be great for this, actually. I can make some money. I was at the Sacramento airport, and there was a 6 a.m., um, two-hour, or no, hour and 15-minute line to go through security, so everyone was missing their planes. Ugh. And uh, they brought out a dog, a therapy <laughs> dog, that everyone could pet to feel better about uh -huh, missing their worked. planes. It did. Yeah. It worked, like, immediately. Dogs were awesome. And man. there was a sign on the dog that said, pet me. And everyone just like ran over and like just ran out of line and started petting the dog. I mean, how do I get pancakes this gig? Should be fantastic. So I, I think that's what it is with the goat. I mean, normally I'm I'm very libertarian, but and I don't like the the city telling businesses what to do. But yeah. like, this is so dumb. <laughs> this is really I dumb. Even, I don't know if I'm against it. Like, why would you use a goat for this fashion? I mean, I, I don't know. At least What's if you do it, commit. That's what I say. Don't make it a pop up. You're right. You, you owe it to the goat. You get them all excited. You got them off the you farm. Go, it's it's like a pop-up. Go. You got to go back. <laughs> exactly. We're going to return the goat. <laughs> yeah. Poor what goat. if it's a Sorry, rescue buddy. goat? <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you heard of the people who return dogs? You can rescue a dog and they return it? Oh. Yeah, well, because people don't people don't, don't realize it's hard work. Like, rescue animals are more work than a, even a puppy. They a lot just of times think they it's like bad... they're going to get credit at their, uh, yeah, with they, their uh, Well, nobody wants to tell... Friends. Well, you don't want to tell anybody you got a dog that you got it from. Like, I got one mine from one of the best puppy mills in America. I'm <laughs> yeah, proud of it. I own it. That is out. We got it from a pet store, but you don't want to tell people you, you got a dog in a pet store. You don't want to walk through Manhattan You want to say that. it's a rescue. No. You'd rather have, like, an ugly dog that poops everywhere, but say yeah. it's a rescue. It's like owning a Prius. Yeah, the dog can bite you. Like, the dog could bite a person and be like, oh, I'm sorry, it's a rescue. It's a rescue. But... People, yeah, then they don't realize it's a lot of work, and then they're like, oh, shit. So that's what let's, you... Let's get rid of it. Listen, this goat... That's what I think's wrong with America. <laughs> the goat's <though>. a rescue. <laughs> the goat's a rescue. Nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody no. realized that it, it, things take time. That yeah. You have... Commitments are real. Like, nobody... Uh, it, yeah, actions the, have consequences. But everyone, everybody wants to be um, like the, the ver, feel virtuous that they've done yeah. something great without ever having to do it. So yeah. then you're like, oh, wait, I, I have to actually do something with this, this dog? I, I return it. Yeah, you got to walk them. And you got to pick up their poop <laughs> and you got to keep them from biting people. These are your basic requirements. And, you know, if you can't handle it, get to get it, get a yoga, get, get a to go to yoga. Go to yoga, relax a little. Yeah. Next news story. Oh, also, we're, we're sticking with the Washington Post. I mean, the New York Post here. This is local news for you, Kaplan. This is your neighborhood, Long Island City, where Kaplan All right. lives. Cop sees nearly $600,000 in cash, a Lamborghini, four guns, and roughly 22 pounds of narcotics. Late Tuesday, when they busted a drug ring that was allegedly flooding Brooklyn and Queens with deadly fentanyl. Yeah. What is fentanyl? I don't know. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I don't know. It's deadly, though. It's probably a designer drug. 
God, I just can't stick with the classics anymore. Everything's got to be a designer. <laughs> classics. Yeah. Where is the heroin when you need it? Where? Like, Coke's not good enough? Yeah. For you kids? You got to do fentanyl? So, Cap, here's what I... Okay, well, well, yeah, what do you think? You go first. Well, for starters, I should explain. This, is, this happened literally the building next to me. Wow. Yeah, and this guy's Lamborghini has been a source of much contention in my neighborhood for, like, a year. Because <laughs> this guy's, like, he, like, drag races in this Lamborghini. Like, he doesn't... You should keep a low profile when you're a drug That's lord. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Right. Like, why, why would you have a Lamborghini? You don't even buy a Lamborghini. Like, uh, Tony Montana. <laughs> exactly. Montana wouldn't have done this. <laughs> was this guy's wife... Well, he do it at the well end. how was this guy's body issues of his wife, does it say? Yeah. How, how was... <laughs> Call was back. She a good weight? <laughs> was she a good weight? That's <laughs> like, my first I think, question. I think on the plus side, his... His wife was not making people feel bad about their weight, Wait, if you know what I mean. They should say that at sentencing, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> sentencing. <laughs> she was making people feel great about their weight, judging by the picture. So yeah, there's guys in Long Island City in a quiet neighborhood that people, and he's like, he's got this uh, this yellow, sick yellow Lamborghini, and everyone knew about it. So that's one. Wait, people just hated him because he had a Lamborghini? Oh, people they- didn't like that. I mean, there's a lot of, we have a lot of people who rev their engines at night. There's a lot of like <laughs> lawlessness in our like parts. People, a lot of like, dra- people just drive really fast. Can't tell if they're racing or just assholes. <laughs> With a lot of pedestrians out. So this, so yeah. Well, you got to make it to those drug deals on time. <laughs> you you lose it. your customers. But, uh, I mean, this guy's got a five-year-old, it says, which I don't know if he goes to school with Teddy. I don't know if he's been student of the month. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> he got student of the month before Teddy? Yeah, it's, it's the possible. kid that has the this extra sentence. That's <laughs> 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 yeah. a good callback. So, so the teacher was like, hey, I don't want any problems. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're going to give him an extra sentence. I'm now on the side of the teacher. She could get destroyed on Twitter by all of our <laughs> listeners, and she still wouldn't care. She's like, yeah, this F is you. Report. I'm safe. Yeah, I, mean, I would say I think one thing I have to say about this is there's all these people when they grow up, you know, like comedians sometimes, definitely athletes, uh, they, uh, actors, whatever. They have this story like, oh, they had a t- they had a hard scrabble life growing yeah. up, and then they made it. They made it. Oh, Olympic athletes for sure, right? They always made it out of some uh, adversity. Mm-hmm. I don't have that story. No, I always feel bad about it, and you don't either. But now Teddy Wilkes, he grew up in a drug dealer neighborhood, and Ruby. Yeah, this is the so, second. This is the since we started this podcast, the second big drug bust in my neighborhood. There was that one where they were making some designer drug down the street last year. Yeah, last year on the pod, season one. And so now <laughs> they can say like, "Listen, I grew up in a drug, and now I'm a, I'm a bobsledder or whatever it is." <laughs> bobsledder. And they have that whole NBC story about how they grew up in a drug-riddled neighborhood. Yeah, with, with Lamborghinis trying to run people over and. Uh, the guy, I mean, the guy's name is Slay, it says, although his real name's Dion. So Slay, yeah, his name's Dion Slay Shero. If your name's Dion, you gotta change it to something, right? Well, got- I, I would say, I go the other way. I think Slay, again, is like, you're drawing too much attention to yourself. Yeah. That's a good by, point. By saying how many people you've killed. Right, you're right. You stay with Dion. Nobody suspects a Pablo Dion. Pablo Cito Valencio is the other guy, shout out. Um, <laughs> Antonio Lopez. Big listeners. You know we're big in Long Island City. And like, Jason Keating. It's not good if our listeners are going to jail, unless they bring the pot <laughs> in. Can you listen to podcasts in jail? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, we could do, yeah, we could become the next, uh, we go to like Folsom Prison and do yeah, the pod. Do a live pod at live <laughs> Rikers. <laughs> Last story of the week. Oh, this is for both of you guys. Yeah. And it relates to China. It comes to us from Sixers.com. Yes. Trusty news source. Trust the process. Of the pod. Enjoy the results. <laughs> nice. Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers to play Dallas Mavericks in NBA China games during the 2018 preseason. Wow. You know what that says to me? What? Road pod. We're taking the pod to China? We're taking the pod to China. Finally, we're going to give the people what they want? Yeah, this is a merging of everything. The 76ers going to China. Uh, which, where would they play? You know what parts would it say? Or they, yeah, it does. It says so, they're going to play October 5th in Shanghai. Cool. At the Mercedes-Benz Arena and October 8th 
in Shenzhen at the Shenzhen Universidad Center. All right. In Spanish. Um, so October fifth. That means they'll have we, a couple days off too. And if we, we win these ahead. games, we can be like we can become like huge in China, right? Because we'll be there. I mean, we already are, but I mean the Sixers. When I say oh. we, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, <laughs> the Sixers have become huge in China. I mean every NBA team's huge in China already. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I just thought going. Here's the only thing you have to make sure that none of them between now and then. Joel Embiid or anybody attends a Tibetan Freedom concert <laughs> of any kind. Don't oh God. tweet. It'll, it'll, they'll get banned. Don't tweet the Dalai Lama. Oh, it's dangerous with Embiid. He tweets about all sorts of stuff. Well, well so well, it's yep. a 50-50 chance. And you know, we I, we should bring along with us is a friend of the pod, Michael Weber. Yeah. Do, do you know what I was telling you about earlier. The guy who got, uh, well... We'll talk about it later date, but he just got he was in. The, he the got into a bit of a fisticuffs with the uh, commissioner of the NBA. He started yelling a, at him at a game. Yeah, a little verbal altercations. Our been, pod regular Michael H. Weber. It's been all over the news. It's been all oh, over uh, ESPN and stuff. So. My goodness. Yeah, he was wearing a um, Hinky Died for Our Sins t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love him already. And he ran up to uh, David. Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Adam Silver. Adam Silver. David Silver from that NBA. Yeah. And started yelling at him. He's like, we will never forgive you. We'll never forget this. Sixers fans will never forget. And then he got pulled away by security. And it was in like uh, Philly.com. But magazine. then after he oh, got, after awesome. he lost, uh, we lost game two of the series. People, my friends in Philly were saying that on WIP, they were, uh, they were blaming Weber because he got, I mean, the officials were probably mad at us. Because we were out of the commissioner, they were they were apparently reading his filmography on the morning radio show and ripping on him <laughs> as a Hollywood screenwriter, <laughs> which is a negative. In which Philly. is a negative, yeah. It's Hollywood a tall poppy thing Hollywood that you like anything, to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would die for them to Hollywood screenwriter. I mean, it's kind of like a globalist term. I think they're kind of saying he's a Jew. No, I don't know. What is that Hollywood screenwriter? Is it like like why is Hollywood a globalist bad? Globalist means a Jew. You know that whole thing where like they say globalist and politics. I thought I was a globalist. You're a globalist. <laughs> it's become, I support the globe. Like I just feel like Hollywood has like a. Has a <laughs> I like globes. I don't, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know what it means, but <laughs> screw me. Yeah, you're so globalist is good. Hollywood I is think good. It means you like you believe in everyone, right? Right. I but they can say it as an insult now, as opposed and, to like a uh, the Bernie or the Trump like. Right. The like the alt right style world. They that's an insult. Globalist. Oh, it is. So I'm saying oh. in like this, like Philly closed in this world, saying you're Hollywood is kind of like an insult. I don't know why. Oh but, yes, so. you're right. Sorry, <laughs> I, I get the connection. <laughs> Sorry, ten minutes. I spoke too, spoke too fast. I always thought Globes referred to bosom of young women. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely a global. Yeah, we're all we're all globalists <laughs> in, this, in this department. That's something we can all agree on. Bosom is such a funny word too. <laughs> That'll do it, Steve. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Cap, what should we do? I'm going to go book my tickets to China, and then I'm going to get lost. Get lost.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.